Jack, Jackson, and Esther, it's Pun Intensive. And welcome to Pun Intensive. We are doing yet another Zoom meeting. I suspect we'll be doing these for quite a while. But the folks around the table are new and seasoned and in between. We'll start off with a man with plenty of heart, just neither Braveheart nor Gary Hart, Gary Halleck. Available at Walgreens, Jackson, apply directly to the forehead. Jackson, apply directly to the forehead. Lee Jackson. If you ever meet him in an airport, make sure not to say hi, Jack Chambers. And there's me, your host, putting Aaron Faisal and Oxygen Phase M, Aaron Faisal. We're going to start, as always, with Zinger of the Week. Zinger of the Week. True tales and testaments of the wit and word perpetrated in real life by ours truly. So let's begin with my cope reducer of this very podcast and former producer of the O. Henry Punoff in Austin, Texas, Gary Halleck. Hello, Gary. Hey, good afternoon. I've got a Zinger of the Week about a fellow that works for me. He's a, a fellow from Honduras. He does not speak a whole lot of English. I do not speak a whole lot of Spanish. And occasionally I have to communicate with him via text, which gets really interesting because he texts in broken English and I text in broken Spanish. <laughs> but the other day he was not able to come into work on a Friday and I knew he was probably going to need some money. So I typed in Necesita Dinero, but I couldn't remember how to spell Necesita. So I thought, well, I'll just do voice recognition. So I, I wrote, I said in there, Necesita Dinero, and it wrote Necesita Demerol. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably he did. <laughs> so, that, so that was not that was not exactly my zinger. That was a series zinger, I guess. My father speaks fluent Mandarin, and he and my mother went to China uh, a few years ago. And he asked a, a tour guide, a lady on the boat, something that he meant to the effect of, like, "How do you like your job?" And the word sounds like the same word for being in bed. So what he actually asked her was, "How well do you do in bed?" <laughs> and she was all apparent. He didn't realize till later because it was a pun. So sometimes you accidentally make puns in other languages. Yeah. Hey, Jack, I want to introduce our audience to you. You're hearing the voice of Houston radio host, five-time pun-off contestant, and two-time pun-off champion, Jack Chambers. Hello, Jack. Hello. Good to see you and hear you and, Hello, and communicate with Hello, you. Hello, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Jack, why don't you go ahead and tell us uh, Zinger of the Week. Okay. A friend of mine named Sean Head, he is one of the world's premier players of the shakuhachi which is the japanese bamboo flute he actually gives lessons around the world he gives concerts around the world and everything got shut down during this uh, coronavirus situation so he gave a free live concert last week and he performed with a harpist and beautiful beautiful japanese music and so i was on youtube watching it live and lots and lots of other people were watching it live and they were making live commentary and so he took a break in between two pieces with this Japanese flute and the harpist. And he said, I just want to make sure all of you realize this is a free concert. You have no obligations, but we would appreciate donations. I then typed into the comments, which he immediately read. I said, I don't mean to harp on you, but a harp concert with no strings attached. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah. And, and- and on top of on top of uh, coronavirus, you'll also end up with heartbeats, right? 
<laughs> this is Jack's second time participating. In... My, my second kamikaze mission to be on this show. Yes. <laughs> Speaking uh, of Japanese. <laughs> but making his first time appearance on this show is three-time pun-off world champion and perspiring composer who aspires to inspire a whole new generation of musicians, Lee Jackson. Hello, Lee. Hello. How are you doing? So far, so good. Can you tell us something <laughs> fantastic you did or said this week? Well, I'm going to have to admit that I don't get out that much. It could be last I, week or the week be, before. Being on or, or next week. Uh, being on a, <laughs> I'm mostly on a disability right now, so I don't get out that much. But I do have to admit that my wife and I, well, the other night we were playing Scrabble. I got up to get myself some water, came back and tripped and hit the table and swallowed a bunch of Scrabble tiles. And I'm afraid that my next trip to the bathroom could spell disaster. <laughs> In other words, you had trouble with your vowel movements? I'm afraid of that. <laughs> I'm afraid I could become consummated. Yeah. <laughs> But he's, he's quarantining with his wife, so he has a consonant companion. I have to admit, I'm I'm completely drawn a blank myself, so I'm going to forgo my zinger of the week. That's lucky because I have another one. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. We have we've, one more spot. Go ahead, Gary. We've been suffering with this air conditioner the last week or so. It's been warmest it's been so far this spring. And my wife keeps going in the hallway and, and fiddling with the thermostat. And it's one of these smart thermostats with a bunch of programmable stuff and everything. She keeps punching the button. Well, it doesn't stay lit up long enough for her to punch the buttons. You know, it, it goes dim after like five seconds or whatever. And she's down the hallway cussing at the thermostat. And I said, it won't do you any good to swear at the thermostat because they all have a sensor. Uh... <laughs> By the way, when someone came out to fix your thermostat, did you ask them if they were a permanent worker or just a temp? <laughs> he answered, honey, well, I don't know. <laughs> and with that, we're going to take a quick break. But uh, if you want more puns, you'll need to wait until after the break. And we are back. After this first break, I always like to play a game, and the game we're going to play now is an old favorite of this podcast, Hey Waiter. The idea is that you are a waiter in a restaurant, and somebody is complaining to you about the food that you brought to them. If they spilt the food in your lap, would you say, waiter, I've got a soup in my fly? <laughs> yes, I would, <laughs> and that would be hilarious. <laughs> See if we so, can work our way up to that one. All right. Okay. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. I should have worn my fishing boots for this. You know, my waders. I'm hip to that. I'm hip to your hip waders. <laughs> oh, come on. Get Creole. Well, you know what? i tell you what. Okay. I, I was going to do something else, but now I'm going to do this. Hey, waiter, there is a fish in my soup. Well, I'm a musician, so I just wanted you to know that we can have some live music now because I can play the scales after we tune a fish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gary. I've got a dolphin in my... You mean a fish? <laughs> Waiter, I'm sorry. Dolphin is not a fish. Oh, okay, okay. Exhaust, exhaust okay. the topic. I, when I said dolphin, I, I didn't make that mistake on porpoise. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> He's just polishing his dolphin, I thought I was, that's all. I, 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 oh, you're spouting off. Waiter, there's a fish in my soup. The cook said he was going to let me know when he got some more. 
Hey, waiter, there's a fish in my soup. Wait, 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 wait. Some more? Where's the pun? He was going to let Minot. Oh, Minot, Minot. That went right over. Okay. Hey, waiter, there's a fish in my soup. Well, I'm going to have to ask you to turn it down because the neighbors are complaining about the loud bass that you've got going here. <laughs> hey, waiter, there's a fish in my soup. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm going to comp your dessert. I'm going to give you a pie, see? Uh, <laughs> hey, waiter, there is a fish in my soup. I'll go ahead and eat it just for the halibut. <laughs> <laughs> Waiter, there's a school of fish in my soup. <laughs> there was uh, just one. There was just one originally. They're multiplying. They're multiplying, waiter. Oh, that's okay. I'll take it out. Let me know if you find any more. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, waiter, there's a fish in my soup. At uh, least it's down from a school, so we don't have to worry about finding a grouper of them. <laughs> hey, waiter, there's a fish in my soup. Oh, no. I guess that wasn't worth the purchase. <laughs> waiter, there are fish swimming everywhere in my soup. Yeah, that, that fish belongs to my wife. I flounder put it in there yesterday. <laughs> hey, waiter, there's a fish in my soup. Yeah, don't you just hake that? Here's the thing. Turns out that the kitchen ran out of fish. So no matter what people ordered, there weren't any fish. However, also, no matter what people ordered, you would hear the following complaint. Hey, waiter, there's a toolbox in my soup. <laughs> Then you still got a fish in there. It's a hammerhead. <laughs> Although that's not technically a fish. It's a man. No, it is technically a fish. A shark is a fish. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. 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 <laughs> I was thinking a shark was a mammal. Okay. I don't know. No, that would be a dolphin, but you have to rewind about five minutes to get that. Okay. okay. There's a toolbox in my soup. Oh, you know what's good with that? A little wrench dressing. <laughs> hey waiter there's a toolbox in my soup well be careful when you eat it you might break your teeth on the nuts uh. <laughs> hey waiter there is a toolbox in my soup oh that is so embarrassing i got a bolt <laughs> hey waiter mm -hmm. there's a toolbox in my soup uh, monsieur, may I suggest you pair it with a nice screwdriver? Waiter, <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> there is a giant toolbox in my soup. <laughs> no, there's not. Absolutely, there is not. Are you calling me a complier? <laughs> hey, waiter, there's a toolbox in my soup. I guess your cook was quite the craftsman, wasn't he? I, you know, I, I, honest uh, to God, I, I was. I was honest to God. I was going to do that cue. That's great. Really? Okay. <laughs> Craft all oh, the hey. brand, the brand, the brand. Okay. Yes. I, I, I've already heard more than I can stand, Lee. 
I didn't see Spider-Man around here. There's still more where that came from. (laughs) Uh, Hey, waiter, there is a toolbox in my soup. I don't really like your attitude. Will you stop drilling me? (laughs) Hey, Jack. Yeah. I can't help but notice there's a toolbox in my soup. Yes. Dip your fingers in it, and we have a waitress here that can do your nails. I want to get a screenshot of Gary's face right now. <laughs> Do your nails and we'll put on some Carpenter's music. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's double one. I, I gave you a freebie there, okay? All um, right. Uh, waiter, you're not going to believe what's in my soup, a toolbox. Oh, you're sure it's not a drill? That would be a real twist. Well, that's already been used. Twist. A twist. I'm sorry, that's such a boring bit. <laughs> hey, hey, waiter, there's a toolbox in my soup. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I'll just have to get that out for you, I guess. It turns out that the kitchen realized what their mistake was. They had some real bad help back there. But your shift wasn't quite over, and yet you still got an awful lot of complaints. In fact, the next complaint that you got was, hey, waiter, there's a door in my soup. Yeah, that was left over from our latch break. <laughs> hey, waiter, there's a door in my soup. I'm not sure that I can agree with your party's plank. <laughs> hey, waiter, there's a door in my soup. Not only that, I see a little animal swimming in there. It must be the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> Gary, there is a door in my soup. Uh, there's a door in your soup? Oh, We'll have to take that one off the menu. Here, give me a pencil. I'll exit off. <laughs> hey, 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 waiter. There's a, a door in my soup. Oh, if you'd like, I'll bring you some Morrison. <laughs> Morrison. It was one of the doors. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Nice. Very nice take this on a different door shall we maybe we have to reheat the soup come on light my fire (laughs) hey waiter there's a door in my soup oh no that was intentional that's supposed to go with your toast and jam all right so that was fun that was a good way to get warmed up Uh, but we are going to go and take a break when we come back we're going to do some more reminiscing like we did in the last episode about puns from yesteryear stick around The common thread of our punnelists last week was that the first time they participated in the O. Henry punoff, some of last year's contestants weren't even born, and we are continuing that trend today. Uh, you'll remember Jack, Jack Chambers from last episode, and Gary from a few of the episodes before that, all of them. But we have another new old timer, Lee Jackson, and I actually wanted to toss the beginning of this to Gary. Can you tell us a little bit about how you know Lee and what you remember about Lee? Oh, wow. Well, Lee was around in the days when I used to compete back in the late 80s. Lee was tough competition and funniest of show. He would come and always delivered really good, hard stuff. And, and, you know, I literally was competing against him. And I won 
first place in 1989. I think maybe he won the following year, a couple of years after that, with a devastating routine that really had some life to it, where he did WPUN newscast. He dressed up in a necktie and a, and a suit coat and brought out a little folding table and sat oh, down yeah. on the stage there and and did WPUN newscast. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. It, went, it went over really well. It was just, Basically, he just took things that were in the news that day or that time of year and put a little funny twist on them. So we're uh, talking like and I, Watergate and the Civil War. And... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he stopped doing that news routine, did you sing Anchors Away? <laughs> no news was good news is exactly what I said that year. What I, what I really yeah. liked about it was that he could pull off the same gig year after year and just update it because it's basically it's like whatever's whatever's going on nowadays and they just turned it into the newscast the fun thing about it was we were sucking up to the folks over at Esther's Follies they're about as good as any comic act that exists it's really something else the queen mother of Esther's Follies is Shannon Sedwick yeah and she was on our judge panel and and uh, she was impressed enough with Lee and his newscast that she invited him to come over and uh, do it during the intermission between their shows and so he got uh a fairly regular gig over there. Was it like weekly or, or monthly or something? It was semi-regularly. I wound up performing four weekends over there as part of the show, five shows a weekend. And it was... Lee, it, hmm? You can take X-Lax next time you have a semi-regular gig. Yeah. <laughs> it would make it go smoother. But it, even that was... Uh, was very lucky. I wound up winning a radio contest where I got free tickets to go to Esther's Follies. And this was after one of the pun-offs, just right after. And my friend and I went and got there like an hour early and we just went inside and had a seat. Nobody else was in the auditorium at the time. And Shannon Sedwick came out and sat next to me, and that's where she invited me to go ahead and come on stage. Can I share a memory about Lee? I was in several competitions that Lee was in, and we're, ta we're talking a long time ago. The first time I was ever in it was like the early 80s, and there's two things that are coming back to my memory right now. One of them is, it's funny how you watch different contestants when the other person's making a pun, how they are physically acting. I remember Lee would pace back and forth. He would like kind of walk a few steps and then walk a few while he's like thinking of my next his next pun. I don't know if you remember that, Lee, or if it was subconscious. Oh, yeah. Okay. But I mean, I would kind of stand still usually, but he would walk back and forth and it really would throw me off. Okay. <laughs> but another thing, you know, I, there's, there's a book that analyzes people's personality types. It's called The Tay of Pooh. And this psychoanalyst and sociologist actually puts people in the characters of either Apu or Tigger or Eeyore. I don't know if you, you are familiar with this. And he actually says that just about everybody fits into one of those characteristics. Lee's and my personality are very different. And I remember how this would come out on stage. He's, You're kidding. I, well, I'm, I'm kind of a Tigger, like, you know, hyper and laughing and, you know, bounce around. Lee is more like Eeyore. The elephant, like, oh, what are we going to do now, you know? And I remember this came out on stage because he would make a pun just like it was no big deal and that he wouldn't even laugh, you know. I would be I would be trying to score points with the judges of the audience by laughing at my own puns, you know. I'm like, Here's my next pun, and then I would laugh, hopefully spurring them on. And I think we were like, when we were, whenever we were up there together, it was literally like Tigger and Eeyore at the same time. <laughs> it was deadly. 
It, it was deadly. <laughs> to correct something, I never did win with the WPN News. I came in second two years in a row with it. And those two seconds uh, made me reconsider things. I finally did win with the song. It was a John Denver song. Yeah, Rank, rank Cod. Rank Cod and some Country Poi. It was based off of, thank God I'm a country boy. <laughs> Are you prepared to perform this now? Yeah, oh, on your mark, God. set, go. He now, just happens I'm, to have the music queued up, right? <laughs> I've been trying to find the source that I have to that written down, and unfortunately it's on another computer, which is in pieces right now. Lee, was it all plays on words with Fish and John Denver songs? Oh, no. It was much more than that. Oh, it was a tour de farce. Yeah. You have to get it out of the archives and play it. I, I may be able to pull up an audio for it. Lee, do you remember what the first year you entered was? First year I entered, I think, was 88, I think. I was in it at least a couple of times when you were in it. And one thing I remember about you and I'm wondering if you remember this. It's kind of like one of those cooking shows where, where it's kind of shocking to see what goes on in like Hell's Kitchen, in the, in the kitchen when they had this nice, calm restaurant out front. Behind the stage, while other people were up there, all of us, I remember you doing this, a whole bunch of us contestants would be back there practicing with each other. And we'd be like mm. going back and forth, back and forth, kind of to stay in the groove until we got called up. I don't know if you remember that. And I, I specifically remember you doing that with me. Yeah. I don't honestly remember much of what I did except for when it was getting time for me to do the punniest of show part. I would go back there and do the walking back and forth bit that you were talking about. Yeah. With the punniest of show, I'd go over it, talking it out loud back over by where that fire station is next door to the O'Henry Museum. Yeah. Just, I'd pretty much walk a path in the grass. I went to that fire station and ran into one of my old flames. <laughs> now, speaking of funniest of show, you also did another one that was really memorable, the Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, that one was a real burn. Yeah, speaking of fire stations, it was based on Achy Breaky Heart. I did change that one around to the Aggies Make Me Fart. <laughs> and got my wife up behind me and had her play the guitar as accompaniment. And I wound up getting three tens and a five. <laughs> let, 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 me, let me guess. The, five, the, the one that gave you a five was a graduate of A&M. No, the one that gave me a five was this flower vendor from 6th Street. Oh, oh yeah. They were a blooming idiot. Crazy Carl from 6th yeah, Street. Oh, I remember Crazy, crazy Carl. Carl. Yeah, he just barely was paying attention. I think. Yeah. I'm sure Carl was even going to show up that, that time we, we put him on the judge pit. When people ask me what it was like living in Austin, I tell them, here's one thing that will tell you everything you need about Austin. One of the most influential guys that served at the city council for many years, his previous job was selling flowers on the drag. His name was Max Nofziger. You remember Max? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that pretty much tells you what Austin is right there. You yeah. go from flower vendor to city council. No steps in between. And he served on city council. He was a good, solid member of the city council for a number of years. He's yeah, there for a long time. He started out as a joke, but he really brought it to bear. Right. I want to back up a little bit and mention PUNY, P-U-N-Y, Punsters United nearly yearly, the formative years of my involvement with the pun off. I competed in 86, 87, 88, 89. And in 90, I became the producer of the event, and I gathered together a number of the people that I had met backstage as a contestant 
and said, you know, we need to kind of take this over because previous producer of the thing had walked off in a huff uh, or a minute and a half. And so we kind of got left trying to figure out how the show worked because the people at the museum didn't really know how it worked. They had a new curator at the museum. She knew nothing about the history of the event. And so Lee and I and George McLuhan and Lenore Newsom and a couple other people got together and we formed the group Punsters United nearly yearly. And we actually codified the rules to both of the competitions, which had always been just verbal rules. They'd never been written down. Hmm. And so we formed this ad hoc group of competitors collaborating. We put the rules into print. We subsequently started to do fundraising outreaches, like we did a raffle. Lee's wife, Brenda, was the lead raffle babe. And that was her term. It's a little bit politically incorrect to call women babes these days, but that was her term. And she and Lenore and several other of the women that were involved became the raffle babes and they were walking around selling raffle tickets to all these things that we'd had donated. Turns out later we were in violation of the law because you're not allowed to have a raffle. You're not allowed to call it a raffle. You have to call it a drawing. Uh, <laughs> so somebody got their feathers raffled, I guess. But uh, <laughs> the American Raffle Association came down hard on them, I suppose. But anyway, the formative years of Puny were such that I was just kind of pulling together these other contestants and drawing from the talent that we had in the staff there. And these people were still competing. Lee was still competing. I was not. But Steve Brooks was still competing back then. George McLuhan was still competing back then. The late George McLuhan, right? The late George McLuhan. Richard Herndon was part of that. Richard Herndon was the keeper of the topic list. That was his thing. Always the topic list for highlights and low puns had been scribbled on a little scrap of paper and put in a a fishbowl or something. And then when Joel would say, and the topic is, you know, external body parts. So he'd read the piece of paper. And if he didn't like what was written on the piece of paper, he'd just make up his own topic. (laughs) (laughs) Gary and Lee, I want to ask you all, there's something that occurred one time when I was in the pun off. And I'm curious if you remember what I'm about to tell you. And I'm wondering if it ever happened any other time. If you remember, I used to make my living as an ultra conservative political commentator. I had radio and TV shows and newspaper columns and stuff, and I stuck out like a sore thumb in Austin because Austin's not exactly your most conservative town in the world. And the first couple of times I entered the punt off, I, that's not what I did. I was a Baylor student and then out of Baylor and, you know, was doing other things. So I was not known. When I came back over the years, especially in the, in the late 80s and, and into the 90s, I made a name for myself as a local, statewide, and somewhat nationwide conservative political commentator. And unfortunately, when they introduced me, When I was called up, a whole bunch of people in the audience started booing, obviously uh, influenced by their political views. And the judges had to tell them, hey, come on, this is not fair, you know, leave them alone. And that really made me sad, you know. It didn't happen. I went, the next time I entered it was years later. It was like 97 was the last time I entered it. And that didn't happen then. But the previous time I had entered it, it did happen. Do you know of any other times that maybe politics or something similar, unfortunately, entered into the competition? Well, you were there the following year when Alex Jones came up on stage. <laughs> uh, oh, my are gosh. You, are you serious? I did not no. know that. No. I'm serious. <laughs> oh, God. Hook, line, and sinker. Hey, Jack, stop being a smart Alex. You crossed paths with Alex. A few I've times, never met right? him in person. I'm very familiar with who he really? is. Yeah. No, but oh, yeah, so I, 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 I'm seriously. Did did you do you? I don't. First of all, do you either one of y'all remember when that happened when I was booed? And then number two, do you know of any other time that politics or something similar to that became a part of that competition? Well, that was back in the days when they used to allow alcohol in the park, and now they don't allow booze anymore. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but sometimes people still get puns drunk. Puns no. drunk. Uh, <laughs> 
You said you said they didn't allow booze. I felt assassinated on stage by a guy out there. His name was John Wilkes Booze. He's just linking one pun to the next. That's <laughs> it's probably about five years now. I remember that there was some fella, Gary, I don't know if you even know who this was. I don't. But I just remember he, so it was in Punslingers, and he kept winning and winning and winning, and it made the crowd furious because there was something about, I, I, clearly he was inebriated at least, and uh, he was just snotty, snide, tacky and yet and he was he kept winning, on winning. No. he kept on winning I do, yeah i do remember that i do remember that unfortunately i don't remember who it was but i remember that he was not a crowd favorite he was a crowd right. opposite <laughs> favorite and i guess jack kind of came with a rep uh, like most people don't come with, with a reputation so if people in the audience saw you and had something against you obviously they're going to kind of hold that against you until you can prove yourself and i i you know, I, I think I've proved myself over over the years, but I tell you, I've I've gotten booed before yeah. as as an MC, and and rightly or wrongly, you know, sometimes I'm you know I'm uh, I, I'm prone to gaffes in, in the way that some uh, certain politicians are prone to gaffes. But if you talk <laughs> enough as a politician or an MC, sooner or later you're going to say something stupid or something that you wish you hadn't said or something that could have been said better. I actually got some letters and emails over the years from people that said. If in Austin, I hate it was. I'm, I'm basically paraphrasing what a lot of them said. I hate your right wing political views, but I love you in the pun off. Oh, well, that, that's <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go, Gary. When you say you've been booed, do you mean like controversial judgment calls? No, because that certainly happens a lot, but it's all in fun. It was the way I introduced people because I kind of took the, the low hanging fruit, you know, like Ben Zeke. You know, I remember you know, that. Ben Zeke, a little on the large side. He's a, a, an impressive stage presence, we'll put it that way. He's a crowd favorite. He's a returning champion. As he was walking up on stage, I said, where did you stay last night at the Motor Lodge or the Extra Lodge? something like something like that i forget exactly how i phrased it but i made the joke about extra lodge right and because that's a little bit touchy with body shaming basically is what i got i got this like it was it was laughter because you know it was funny and people laughed at it but it's like they're they're it's guilty laughter they're mad at me for making them laugh at something that they didn't <laughs> yeah. want to laugh at. You would think that I would have learned from that experience, but one subsequent year, a woman came up on stage and she was obviously pregnant. And I oh, made the no. mistake of saying, we got a lot of good food vendors out here. It looks like you just ate. You know, a perfect in-the-context pun looks like you just ate, right? Let me guess, she wasn't pregnant. But she, well, she was pregnant. She was pregnant. The, the thing I did wrong was to not recognize that she was about to do a punniest of show routine about pregnancy. Oh. And I, and I stole her punchline. Did the audience give you a pregnant pause? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only. There was not womb for that one. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, hey, Lee, can you talk about any particular memories of being in the O. Henry punoff in Days of Yore? Or being booed? <laughs> not being booed. I... I had my fair share of puns that didn't go over well, but mostly met with silence. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fine kind. The biggest memory that I've got is of one pun-off round that I had with a punster by the name of Scott Harvey. Oh, Scott, from from Chicago. From Chicago. 
the 17 minute long round oh my gosh that was a monster did they keep changing the topic they did yeah 17 minutes worth we learned our lesson who finally won it i did did you it was one of the most uh one of the most grueling yes grueling (laughs) times of my life trying to keep up with him he was a competitor and a half you and, you want a rematch you want a rematch because i'm uh, gonna get him on the on the show we'll put you on with with, the, with scott no that ain't gonna him. be no rematch ain't gonna be no rematch <laughs> <laughs> like they said in rocky <laughs> speaking of rematches that's your cue aaron Oh, uh, yeah. Speaking of rematches, um, it is time to, I'm not entirely sure what you're going for. Are are, are you trying to take a break here? Is that the, okay. Okay. (laughs) I I got supper in the oven. All right. No, well, we are going to take a quick break, but we come back. We are going to reminisce about the puns you just heard and let the puns linger. And we are back. Are you ready for the topic? Ready as possible. The topic is musical instruments. And Jack, you can start. Um, I'm getting keyed up for this one. Okay, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> well, it's been used already, but not in this game. I worry about wiping down the musical instruments because there uh, could be some dangerous stuff on there. You might get harpies. Uh... <laughs> Well, if you get harpies and it takes your life, I'll be sooning you. <laughs> so apropos of an earlier topic that came up, it, it occurs to me, I bet you Jack's favorite politician these days is Donald Trumpet. <laughs> you know, I dragged an instrument down the road the other day. I hope when I play it, I don't get tar on me. <laughs> I just realized how you can avoid getting harpies. Practice safe sacks. <laughs> oh man had some problems with my telecom provider the other day and i think i'm gonna have to sue the phone company <laughs> <laughs> i was actually really worried that i had come down with covid19 but it turns out it was just the flute i literally and i'm not making this up it literally just dawned upon me that there was an unintentional pun in a famous movie that we probably all remember called brian's song you remember that about the football uh-huh. players? Because one of the characters was Brian Piccolo. <laughs> and you would pick a low-hanging fruit like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> my mom had what she called hammer toes. It runs in my family, and my son plays musical instruments, and his toes are starting to kind of get crooked too. But I think it's because he used to eat a lot of corn nuts as a kid, you know? So he's probably got corn toes. Stretch it, Gary. Stretch, stretch. I had, I had to get a plug in there for my son because he makes cornettos. Okay. We'll, put a, we'll put a link to his. We'll put a link to his website up. Oh, I guess we will. Okay. <laughs> Problem that links back to medieval times. People of large size having trouble finding clothes. Uh, they'd have to go to a special clothes maker who would make sack butts for them. I'm not familiar with that one. A medieval trombone. Wow. <laughs> I'm impressed. Yes. Cornettos and sackbutts. Cornettos and sackbutts and flutes. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't a pun. <laughs> I'm going to marimba that with 
<laughs> oh, in Germany, they call gunplay Glockenspiel. Oh. <laughs> you know, in my family, we have a swear jar. We have to pay a dollar per cousin. That last pun that Aaron just made, it, it was so simple-minded. <laughs> you, really should, you really should get off your hi-hat. <laughs> I'll try to drum uh, up some more for you. I was waiting for that. I've caught you in my snare. Yeah, you know, when they, <laughs> when they were trying to recruit people for the percussion section, it was a real kettle call. <laughs> I'm starting a crusade to, to stop uh, symphony orchestras from, from performing on television. We're crusading against violins on TV. I've got a sweet tooth. I could really use a, uh, some dessert right now. I think I'll have some lime cello. <laughs> You know, when Bill Clinton got caught in that sex scandal, it was all his fault. He didn't really mean to harm Monica. <laughs> you know, there was a guy that, <laughs> I don't know if you heard earlier today, there was a guy arrested for streaking in a church. The police went in and caught him by the organ. <laughs> oh, well, the folks at the Con Selmer Corporation have come up with an inexpensive form of trumpet, a little bit larger than the original. It's called a frugal horn. <laughs> mm. Whenever I go to an obscure instrument concert, I always ask them, is there a minimum charge? <laughs> Gary, you want to tell us about your son or am I mandolin in your business? <laughs> My son also plays a piano, but I can't afford a really good one. A really good piano will cost you at least forte grand. Nice. I'm afraid to take long, long flights, especially ones overseas. I'm afraid that I might get a deep vein thrombosis. <laughs> <laughs> a little commuter airline, probably a deep vein sack <laughs> buttons. <laughs> sack butt. <laughs> sack butt is going to get me in trouble here. I can know that. My wife keeps trying to serve me Minute Maid in the morning. And I said, I don't like Minute Maid. And she says, well, you quit your Jews harping. Oh. Quit your Jews harping. <laughs> All right. Let's see if I can recover from that one. I once crossed a saltwater fish with a freshwater fish and wound up with a bass drum. Well, we had a competition for classical stringed instruments. The guy named Joe showed up with an instrument that was not appropriate. We had to ban Joe. <laughs> you know, in, early in her career, Dolly Parton used to play with a hillbilly band. She was good at, at the jugs. <laughs> did, her, uh, did her moonshine? <laughs> oh, boy. I believe at one time there was a Japanese car maker by the name of Sin, and in order to really get your car bright and shiny, you'd have to bring out your chamois and chamois Sin. Explain. Right. Explain. <laughs> what is a stringed doing? Japanese instrument. Chamois Sin. Uh, okay. That, do, do we, are we using the honor system here that he's not that Lee is not making up the name of an instrument? We have a very smart audience, so there'll be at least one person out there guffawing. Uh, when I was a kid, my introduction to a lot of celebrities and pop culture were the guests 
on Sesame Street. I don't know if you guys have any awareness or recollection of seeing those. Mm-hmm. And one of them, first time, this is true, the first time I ever saw her was on Sesame Street, Lena Horn. And they had a big crush on her, and I really wanted a French horn. I know Jack already used too much violence, but uh, I, I, I think there's a, a similar instrument that I think I can fiddle in there uh, somewhere. Ah, <laughs> uh, now see, that's another one that's like questionable about whether that's a pun. <laughs> I, I get along. Fiddle, fiddle fit, maybe. I can fit, fit, all, fit all the way in there. Oh, fit all. Okay. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> fit all. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> oh, Bo. Like, like... I love I love to watch Aaron's face when he doesn't get one and then he gets it. <laughs> can we can we do can we do a snapshot of that? <laughs> when someone in the string section decides to take up magic, instead of saying tada, they'll say viola. Well, I think this competition is like what the uh, musicians do to to uh, keep their music on the stand. Our scores tied. <laughs> yeah, we should be willing to let the military participate in this, but the Marines ban. <laughs> be careful when you're walking underneath the Congress Street Bridge, or you might wind up with a baton. You. <laughs> <laughs> a bat on you, nice, nice. <laughs> well, I, I, <laughs> there was a director of a symphony. He wasn't making very much money, and so he resorted to robbing uh, a guy and killed him. So they sent us this the symphony director to the, to death. But the electric chair didn't work on him. Do you know why? No, why? Why? He was a poor conductor. Oh wow. <laughs> Oh, that was just absolutely treble. <laughs> I don't know. I'll toe the line with that. You guys are so... No, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Wait. Oh, oh, I know. I know. Okay. So there's this British guy, see, and, uh, and he has a baby, see, and, and he has to walk the walk the baby see he has to push the little buggy so yeah, <laughs> he's he's so pram oh <laughs> so okay yeah see yeah, oh. yeah. wise guy see yeah <laughs> go ahead Jack. You know, yeah you know i, I know that, uh, lee and i are both musicians and uh, i just want to uh, tell you lee during all this health crisis we're going through make sure you don't touch any other musicians music you might get a staph infection <laughs> <laughs> Our audience can't see it on the Zoom, but Lee has got a fake backdrop. It looks like a baseball field, and uh, he looks like he's a, a comedian putting on a, a performance at a, at a baseball field that's probably a, one of his stand-up bases. I think I pulled this one off a couple of episodes ago, but because the topic is so relevant, you told us at the beginning, try not to repeat a cue, and of course, here we are back again. Time to repeat a cue box. (laughs) I think that is a great closing pun. I think that's a great closing pun. So we're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, however, we'll tell you how to be a dapper stressor. And if you guys will indulge me for just like 30 seconds. This is what I'm about to do is incredibly obnoxious, so just bear with me. 
drop a ponied up. Oh, here we go. Yours is this real. Is this so, is up. Mine's, mine's real. I got the real deal. Can you hear them talking, Sebastian? Go ahead and put that in your ear. <laughs> My little guy wants to do a real quick intro. Oh, wow. Do the intro to the next segment. <clears throat> so here's what we're going to do, Sebastian. And we're back. Thank you very much, my friend. All right, thanks, guys. Aaron, you just pulled you just pulled the full what's called the full Jimmy Fallon on us there. Oh, you know, I've heard that his family participates. Yeah, yeah, I oh, haven't hey, seen that though. Aaron, He's got the two cutest two daughters this side of my my granddaughters. <laughs> because of the effects on the screen, parts uh-huh. of you were disappearing there just now. So I guess you're you're not only Sebastian's dad, you're his transparent. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and okay, you, and your young Sebastian's back. Young <laughs> <laughs> Sebastian's back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, and we are in fact really back. Thanks a lot, guys, for joining us in this recording session. Real quick, I want to just give everybody an update on the O Henry pun off, which is that there is no update. It's still scheduled to be on. October what, Gary? 17th. 17th, all right. And if you want to know more about uh, this show, you can always go to punintensive.com. You can also go to Instagram slash punintensive, Facebook punintensive, and so on and so forth. Our music comes from Darkbeat. Please rate us in iTunes. We could really use the boost in visibility. Um, let's just go around the table real quick. Anybody want to give a, a, a plug a, someplace where our audience might uh, be able to see or hear you, Gary? Oh, me? There should be some interesting stuff going on on punoff.com or punpunpun.com soon. I can't uh, give you any details right now, but by the time this thing gets uh, in the airwaves, there may be some really interesting things going on. A lot of the other pun competitions around the country are starting to do uh, virtual pun competitions and, and uh, stuff on Zoom, and we're not going to be left behind in that regard. I'm curious, since you mentioned other pun competitions around the United States, was Austin the original one, or were there already other ones going on around the country? Austin is the great granddaddy of them all, longer and stronger than anybody else's, however, in terms of how many iterations there have been, a lot of these other ones are monthly or bi-monthly. And so some of them have actually done more than 42, which is what we've got under our belt. But we are the granddaddy of them all, and we are Mecca for the, all the other pun competitions. And sooner or later, you're going to have to meet your Mecca come to Austin. And uh, Jack Chambers. I have a radio show called Houston and Beyond. I mostly cover things to see and do around Houston, arts, entertainment, dining, theater, concerts, sports, etc. Also travel. Basically everything that's been shut down for a few months. Now your listeners, especially if they're not in Houston, might be wondering why would I listen to a show about Houston? Well, first of all, Houston is becoming a major tourism place, especially for food. It's considered one of the top foodie cities in America, the same breath with New York and San Francisco, New Orleans. In fact, people eat out more times per week to hear, you know, per capita than any city in, in America. So that's one draw to people that might want to listen to the show. But I also do stories beyond Houston, including Austin. I sometimes go to Austin and do stories about things to see and do. If people want to go there for a few days. You can listen to my show if you're in the Houston area on AM 1070 on Sunday afternoons from 4 to 6, or anybody can go to my website and listen to it live or listen to a podcast of it at houstonandbeyond.com. Got it. And our audience may notice that in the show notes, I've put a link to that show as well. Lee Jackson, you have anything to plug? Yes, I do. I have an album that's going to be coming out on June the 5th. It's called Derivations, 
and it is my second album going to be available eventually on Amazon. It's going to be available on Bandcamp, on iTunes, and Amazon, Apple Music. It's available right now for pre-order. Hmm. Uh, you can go to my Here Now page at leejackson.herenow.com slash derivations. And again, our listeners can find a link to that on our show notes. Well, guys, that was fun. And audience, you are very lucky because it turns out that all four of us happen to be experts in relaxing. So if you're hearing this podcast around the time of recording, you may be stressing about the pandemic, or if you're listening to an archive version of this podcast, you may be stressing about the robot monsters. Either way, we could all use tips on stress relief. And as such, I'm going to recommend a book. There are lots of good books out there about various relaxation techniques, but for those of you unexpectedly homeschooling your kiddos these days, I'd like to recommend a children's book about massage called Three Legs and Hands by Dr. Masseuse. Lee Jackson? I would like to recommend a computer program. It's called Windows Total Absolute Commander. It takes over your computer completely and does everything absolutely for you and leaves you with nothing to ever do again so that you can just go off and forget about your computer forever. <laughs> I, I think I think I missed the pun there. I don't think that there is one. It's just a dream. Oh, okay. You're just giving actual advice. <laughs> He's got issues with his computers. <laughs> <laughs> And Gary Halleck. Being routinely described as your co-reducer for this podcast, you know, it behooves me to at least be trying to reduce your stress. Well, my wife always reminds me of how trying I actually can be, so I must be pretty good at it, right? Truth is, I do feel stressed periodically, so I just renewed my subscription to Troubling Times, the periodical. I used to get it monthly before I went through menopause, but now it's weekly very weekly. The ironic thing about sheltering at home has been how many people have found themselves longing for a haircut. And that's kind of ironic if you're longing for a haircut. They actually get distressed about how they're not being distressed. Oh, come on. Okay. <laughs> Raucous laughter. Distressed about not being distressed. All right. Okay. I'm going to leave you with at least one piece of actual sage advice. Okay. And that is an anagram. Rearrange the letters in stressed. And what do you get? Dessert. Think about it. Nice. <laughs> All right. And Jack Chambers. Well, actually, I have a guy, former baseball manager, that is my mentor that has really helped me to overcome stress. He helps me to do these positions where I cross my legs and stuff and it re relaxes me. You may know this former baseball manager, Yoga Berra. Okay. <laughs> And Lee, did you want to have another crack at it? Uh, I I had a crack at it, and my crack is still showing, so uh, <laughs> I'm going to pull up my pants and leave it at that. And I'm Aaron Faisal. I'm signing off with the catchphrase. We'll see you next time. Well, y'all have all these interesting backdrops. I'm, I'm sitting here in in, in in an unused studio in the radio station where I just got off the air a few minutes. And by the way, because this is an unused studio up at the station, there's no air conditioning. 
Oh, boy. I try to be inspirational. I've been perspirational this whole time. <laughs> At least you're still respirational. They booed it when I brought out a half chicken because it was only had a right wing. <laughs>